Our fans don't even know what a Carhartt girl is. Do we know what a Carhartt girl is? All right. We, they said we not explaining it correctly. Billy, Billy, you got your microphone? Laura Styles is Carhartt adjacent. And she's not Carhartt girl anymore. She probably was in her young cholo, chola life. Billy um, June. What's up? I need you to go to the audience and get someone who knows what a Carhartt girl is. If you think is. you know a trait, a definitive trait of a Carhartt girl, raise yeah. your hand and Billy June's going to okay, come right over here. to you. I saw that hand first. Sky right here. Drewski's going to come over. Make some noise for Drewski, ladies and gentlemen. He grew up right from this, too. Okay, right here. Yo, it's down, man. We're recording, right? You're getting levels? We're all good. We're not shopping. We're not okay. All right, Billy, stop being scared of black people. Ask the I guy. I thought you were pointing over there. <laughs> what is it, Trey? What, what's your name, sir? Giovanni. Giovanni, where are you from? Jersey City, New Jersey. Jersey City. How long have you been listening to Juan Epstein? Pardon me. How long have you been listening to Juan Epstein? Never. Wow. Never. You've never listened to the Juan only Epstein? only listen to Joe Budden podcast. Oh my god. Wait, are you. This is, this is, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Wait, wait. It's fine. Giovanni, are you really going to attempt to answer this? No, but I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I can answer it. it. It sounds pretty basic. You're not a one up fan, but you. I know. Let's humor Let's humor Okay, what is a Carhartt girl? That sounds like a runaway girl. No! A runaway girl. Uh, we're, we're like a Carhartt coat. Like oh, the really? Brand, the brand, the Carhartt coat. The brand Carhartt. Wow, that's very impressive. A true. <laughs> and just for the record, I burnt Joe Budden's podcast. Check, check. Don't ever forget it. We got hey, somebody uh, over here. All right, we have someone else? Carl, our other mic is not working either. This other All right, our gentleman back here. Oh, sorry, we'll start right here. Sir, what's your name? Drew. Drew, how long have you been listening to the Juan Epstein podcast? All seven years. It's been more than seven yeah, years. Yeah, it's been seven, ten, nine years. The podcast has been over ten years, but thank you. <laughs> Sorry, okay, seven years. It's close enough. I know it feels, it feels like it hasn't been that long. A definitive trait of a Carhartt girl. A hip-hop playlist from 94 to 98 in her oh. Honda Civic. Yes. Well, in, yes. In what? In what? Honda, in Civic? Honda Civic? Honda Civic? Yes. 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 Playlist? Yes. Honda Civic? Yes. All right, you, Is sir, it you... her? Is it her Honda Civic? Hold on, don't, 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 don't confuse him. It's one at a time. I feel like it's her, her sister's Honda Civic, but she uses it. <laughs> Billy June, uh, it? my man back here in the polo. The cousin, probably. In yeah. the hoodie. What's going, what's going on? Go, um, what's your name, man? I'm Justin from North. What's good? Justin, what up? Justin, do you All exclusively right. listen to the Joe Budden podcast, or do you listen to Juan Epstein? <laughs> it's Juan Epp. Don't, don't get it fucked up. All All right. Right. Look. Okay, <laughs> Let, let's, get it, let's get it correct. Carhartt girl. Yeah. I'm from Jersey. Yeah. It's 95. Uh-huh. She's in her cousin's boyfriend Ford ex- Ford car, right? Yeah, like a Taurus. Yeah, we can do like a Taurus. Like a Ford Taurus. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, he stole the shit. Let's get it correct. Okay, Jersey. That's a right. Jersey car. Well, girl. Jersey car. That's right. Yup. Yep. He yep. stole it. She got two of her homegirls in the back. Okay. She got a big ass bear coat on. Right. And they got a naughty by nature tape on. Okay. I like that's it. That's a car. Girl. I like Giovanni. It. Giovanni. Guess what brand the jacket is though. Carhartt. You got it? Yeah. We gotta get Gianni the fuck out of here. Whose Carhartt coat is it? It's (laughs) Well done. It's her aunt's it's her aunt's Who said that? Husband. No, not dad. That's stepdad, exactly. Stepdad. (laughs) Billy June. Walk across to the white guy over here in the beanie. Yeah. 
And for the record, we should also, like there's a name for Carhartt Girl, I feel like the skinny, bearded, beanie hat white guy also deserves a name. But yes. that's okay. Um, what's your name, sir? Nick from Montreal. Nick from, Nick Montreal. from Montreal. International. What? We've been overseas and shit. Hardly. Okay. Three words. Sneaky big tits. Yes! Yes! <laughs> ah! Ah! Oh, this is a great Giovanni, room. Giovanni, why are you here? What? Yo, so you're the real one. Okay. And you dragged him to be like, I'm going to show you what this real shit's about. Okay. Not that, by the okay. way, I love Joe's podcast. It's a different, it's like liking MacGyver and the Golden Girls. They're different, it's just different, it's different shows. Yeah, they're both on TV. They're both great shows on TV, but, but they're, they're just different shows. All right, so you're the one who, I'm glad you put him on. I like that. Is anyone, here, is anyone here with the friend that put them on to Juan Epstein? Anyone here like that with their friend who put them on? Sort of. He said sort of. Okay, yeah. it was a bad question. Let's just be honest about it. It's a very, it's a very niche question. It was very specific. <laughs> Yo, um, all right, thank you so much for joining us at this nonsense tonight. Uh, me and Rosenberg, we haven't done a podcast in a while. Juan Epstein took a hiatus. That's right. Uh, we just recorded a reunion. Anybody heard the reunion episode? Okay, okay, thank you. Um, I'm trying to convince him to get back into the wanna life, but he's on some superstar shit now. Oh yeah, that's he's telling the truth. Three jobs. You believe you believe what he's saying, right? Yeah. How many jobs you got now? I have a lot of jobs, but you have not spent one moment trying to convince me to do anything. Huh? That is a full fledged <laughs> public lie, which you rarely see. That was Trumpian to lie <laughs> like that. <laughs> directly to our faces. Um, by the way, trying my... to do a shithole podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is the definition of a shithole podcast. If you believe that Saif and I put more than five hours of preparation into tonight, <laughs> raise your hand. <laughs> if you believe okay. we put roughly five minutes of preparation to this podcast, raise your hand. Look, see, we got one F people that's now. One F style. Now, listen, we wanted to sell. We wanted to see how many tickets we could sell with just Cypher Sounds and Rosenberg's name without having a big hoopla to do. And a lot of fucking tickets sold uh, just with us. So thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts. And um, but we didn't want to come up here and just talk about Carhartt Girls. I mean, actually, I would. But we want to give you a live show. So we booked uh, Grandmaster Flash and DJ Red Alert. If you're in some real hip-hop shit, you know what it is. So yeah, so... We live in life. Um, now, before we start, because I'll be honest, by the time we, you know, interview these two legends, um, y'all are going to want to go home. You're going to be done with us. If there's any pressing questions that you feel need to be asked right now. Early questions. Early questions. Okay. Before we bring out Grandmaster Flash. Okay, good idea. The icon. Good idea. The legend. Does anybody have any pressing questions that you need to ask right now? Raise your hand now forever. Hold your peace. We're moving on. And that's it. Oh, no, Giovanni, no. no. <laughs> Guys, do you see what happens? Giovanni, all right, yeah, no. ask question. Ask all right go ask ahead. Give him the microphone yeah, him so it can be on the podcast for the listeners at home. Go ahead. I, I just asked my boy Gills earlier. I said, now, who are these wow. guys? It's, it's my boy Gills. No, not you guys. He, he, it was being rhetorical. Anyways, don't do, don't do that. So, to what me. did you, what don't did you ask? I'm not, I'm not. But what did, what did you ask him? So, I asked him, why did Cypher leave? Hot 97, y'all. Man, had they don't a, know that. No, I didn't. I, 
This is my question. No, Why no, that's Giovanni. I left one up because of an episode of one up. They know that. Y'all, I mean, I left okay. Hot 97. Y'all have a chemistry. Obviously, you have right. a chemistry. You stand it. So. Well, no, listen, Giovanni. It wasn't the... It's Ebro's fault. <laughs> Giovanni, your, your question makes sense for you because you yes. don't know. Yeah. But for the rest of the room, it was well, the worst question you could have The question... Giovanni... Listen, I'll explain. If we do a Cypher Sounds and Rosenberg live, then your question would fit. But this is a Juan Epstein live, and these people are going to kill you. You see what I'm saying? Like, these people are going to, they're not happy with Yeah, the radio was always a separate thing anyway, and this kind of became the, the crux of the relationship, became Juan Epstein, as opposed to the business part. You know, I'm playing Trey songs 30 or 40 times a day. <laughs> Shout out to Trey Songs. Love him. There's a lot of plays, though. No Any other questions from someone who's actually heard the podcast? Yes, this guy. Give him the microphone. Billy June, be I'm ready the- with the mic. How, how do you want me to get in there? Just pass it back to him. Hey, what's going on? What's guys? your name, sir? Julius. Julius, what up? All right, man. I've been living and listening to the podcast since I was like 10 years. I Thank you. 10 years. I got two questions. Okay. Are you li- why <laughs> not paying attention to you? Curb or Seinfeld? See, curb. that's a good one-up question right there. I go curb. In my, se- in my second question, one of the first episodes I listened to was when you guys had Daytona on. Whatever happened to him? Oh, Daytona? He's good. around. Well, hold on. Let's get the first question first. Okay. Curb. I'm a curb. Curb. Honestly, as, as great as Seinfeld was and as eternally as it's like etched into our culture, on a night-to-night basis, I am more in the mood to watch Curb. Honestly. Because Seinfeld is Cypher Sounds and Rosenberg. Curb is Juanette. You see what I'm saying? It gets deep inside of the, the origin of the original thing. So that's, it's more behind the scenes. That's why I like it. And Daytona Daytona is, had, a, had a really big feature last year on the French Bring Them Montana. Things record, the, the French Montana record. Yeah. He was not billed for it, which was strange. But yeah, he works a lot with uh, Harry Fraud right now. Daytona's also like a big one of them. He's like a party promoter. So if you go to One Oak, he's got a table there. He's a, a professional fucker. Yeah, he's a he's a a fuck boy, literally. Like no, yeah, there's a lot of that happening. <laughs> Not the boys part. I just meant the fucking part. <laughs> Doing this live reminds me of how different this live podcast would have been five years ago. <laughs> what when we were on fire? You know, like just topic matter in terms of what we would feel comfortable. Uh, what we're saying. Like the podcast, there are episodes that should be deleted forever. Let's be honest, all yeah. of us. Billy, all- over there, there's some questions. Yeah. All right, another follow-up question. Here we go. All right, couple, couple more, and then we'll. This is fun. Thanks. Uh, quick question. I know. Uh, ever since you guys started, you know, uh, the podcast game has increased. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I always tell my friends about the drop that you guys always used to do when, uh, when y'all guys used to say, um, "Sounds like a rape up there." And <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Sounds like a rape up there from the office. I think there's been a rape up there. Right. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, with the, that quote alone, Woo. you can't say that shit nowadays. No. No. That, well, that joke, right. even then, if you've seen that episode of The Office, the context is that David Brent, uh, they're trying yeah. to have a conversation about getting someone's <laughs> attention. And to get the person's attention, he just goes way too far and goes, I think there's been a rape up there. Exactly. And so even in the moment, it's supposed to be an HR type of moment. Yeah, an inappropriate moment. Exactly. But no, you're right. Rape humor is down on the radio right now. <laughs> Way Wait. down. 
<laughs> like, I like you coming from Newark. Like, oh man, I'm a. Can't wait to ask that rape question. Like, I'm gonna tell you, I've been waiting for this shit a minute, dog. But no, with that alone, like, how do you feel about the monetizing of our podcast now? Because you guys started this whole shit. Just what? be honest, you guys started this whole shit. How do we feel about? Never... Sipe, let the applause. Sipe, let the applause go. <laughs> let no, that it's, fine. it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Let it go. Let it go. Fuck. It's Juan Epstein, bro. <laughs> Uh, yeah. How do you guys feel about the monetizing the podcast now and the, the uproar of it? You know, you guys and I don't know. <laughs> how do I feel? We feel, haven't we said this on the podcast? We feel like the old school rappers who never got any yeah. credit, who show up to the club like, man, you ain't got no yeah. love for Uncle Pete and Uncle Sight. <laughs> Yo, I mean, we made, we invented these podcasts, man. Yo, let me get in plus 11. That's what I feel like. Because there's a, there really is a lot of money in the podcast business. And when I tell you guys, we got almost none of it. I mean, really. Almost. Well, no, we got a little. We were we had we had ads for like a little while. A little. I, bit, I don't yeah, know whatever bit. happened. I think my brother may have stolen that money. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but uh, real quick on that note, I do think it's an appropriate time to say, you know, let's take a moment and give props to someone who took what that we started and took it to a whole different level, and in doing so, elevated the culture. Make some motherfucking noise so we can hear you in heaven. Combat Jack one time. R.I.P. And I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this, man. I did a lot of shit in my career, but I'm a fucking... I I don't do well talking about myself, promote myself. I don't get the credit I deserve in a lot of things. But one thing I'm super proud of is that every motherfucking hip-hop podcast gives us the credit publicly for starting this hip-hop podcast game, man. And I appreciate Reggie, a.k.a. Combat Jack, always saying we started this shit. Um, Elliot always done the same. Elliot always says he was the first guest on WANEP, which he was, which is weird. (laughs) (laughs) After what it became... Um, yeah, Nori, you know, Nori always gives us love and respect, you know what I'm saying? So Nori had been on our podcast eight times and didn't know what a podcast was yeah, while exactly. he was doing the interview. Yeah, and like, like, there was times where podcasts started to get real popular and people were making money from it, and we said, should we go to one of these podcast networks when it was first starting to blow up and like, cash in, you know what I'm saying? Or cash out, cash in? I think this cash would be ca- when we're gonna be leaving. It'll be cash in, cash, cash in, cash in, and um, and we felt they like they wanted to take control of it and change it, and we wouldn't. Well, I, I'm also wouldn't. just stupid and didn't think the deal was good. Like I was yeah. just stupid. Sife didn't care enough at the time, so I went and had a meeting with Podcast One, and they're like, "Hey, uh, we'll 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 just take it. We'll just go and we'll split everything fifty fifty. And me being just sort of the same mentality. Of the old school rappers who got fucked out of shit, I was like, nah, that's not worth all the work we put in. <laughs> when it's like, no, bro, just take the deal, yeah, Def Jam's offering. <laughs> They're never going to offer one again. <laughs> you only put out one single on first priority. And, and, that, and that's basically what happened is that I was greedy and was like, well, fit, split it 50-50. No, no we but- built the equity, and then we never ended up – guess what 50% of nothing is? So – and as yeah, a result, but, the, we make but sure. you saying it like it's bad because I will say this: we had many discussions, maybe even on a couple episodes where we're like, "Yo, we like the way we do it. We like our fans. 
they the weirdos come up to me in the airport all the time, like, yo, Juan Epp. If I'm with somebody who doesn't know Juan Epp, they're like, that guy's racist, yo. <laughs> he just called you Juan, yo. But like, and we kept, and we said, yo, let's keep it pure the way we like to do it and the way our fans like it. And and we have our fans or who are who are the fans, and that's that. And we like doing it, and then we kept to that. No, I can you know honestly I mean? say now in 2018, and this was not always true, that I'm not remotely bitter about anything related to One Up. Like I'm all happy on it. The and thing what- about One Up is so pure is that it's both of our third or fourth jobs. So we only do it for the love. You see what I'm saying? Like some people, their podcast is their number one thing where they make all their money from. So they have to fucking be like why I left Hot 97. I don't like talking about drama with artists or bringing up nasty shit. I like nerd hip hop shit. So we do it for the love and it's, you know, we don't make money from it, so we have to... Own, the only reason well, why... we're we not making money for it, it, so love's the only thing you can do it for. Let's be completely honest. So the little bit of money we made tonight, thank you very much, okay? Yes, that is always Thank important. you. All right, we got it. One, uh, one more quick question. You raise your hand? Go, oh, uh, Billy June, right here in the middle. Coming. There you go, thank you. A little pep in your step. <laughs> okay. So what is it going to be moving What? What forward? is your name? Nita. Nika, are you a Carhartt girl? No, okay. I'm not. I'm not. I actually saw you at Honest. Uh, it was honest. Yeah, no, not. But what is it going to be moving forward? Is it just literally Juan? Because Miss Info is taking your spot right now. I'm sorry? Miss Info, right it, now? Oh, yeah, I know. She's doing Sonos. an awesome thing right yes, now with Sonos. Right now. Well, I mean, listen, first of all, she's taking our spot. Miss Info, yes. she started the spot, so. No, I guess she did. But I hear listen, what you're saying. But, uh, I mean, Miss, talking to legends is something Miss Info's done for. 25 years or so. Well, I mean, you that's... was on the same night as one night only. I know. By the way, I almost texted her today. I was like, Yo, I'm sure it was a coincidence. And Sonos was like, hey, we have an event. But you know, tonight she's with like Slick Rick and Lord Finesse or something. Where? Yes. The Sonos store. It, it, it's it's, a, it's a, like a store interview or something. We should go to that. No, it's too late. It's too we late. We can't go to no, that? No, they already have tickets here. Oh. But um, to, your, to your question, um, we don't know. We're having conversations about what we want to do with it. I promise you this, when we do what we do, we may never do what we do, but if we do what we do, it's going to be the right shit to do. So it's either going to be, at this point, we've already done it wrong financially for so long, so we're either going to come up with a really good way to do it where it maximizes what we have and it gets the most exposure, or we're going to do this and randomly pop up and the people who love us most well, will come I see us. I feel like there's so many people doing it not as good as you guys can. Well, that's fact. They'll, they'll never be as good as us. It, well, that's what I'm saying. So why aren't you guys... Well, listen, Muhammad Ali was the greatest, but he had to retire at some point. He can't go out... You know what I'm saying? No, he, got, he got Parkinson's. <laughs> you can't say that. Yeah, but he retired before he... All right. Oh, I appreciate Wait, it. I'll, I'll, tell, you, I'll tell you one thing. Uh, Nika? Nita. Nika, I'll tell you one thing. We said we would talk about it seriously after we saw how tonight turned out. So you were making WANEP way more possible. So thank you very motherfucking much. All right. um, Before we bring out our guests, I just want to take one second. Ladies and gentlemen, let's let's just... Yo, Billy, don't sniff that mic because a girl talked into it. I got you. Freak. (laughs) Did you see him sniffing it? Um, Let's just take a second to shout out someone who has just randomly throughout the years always added joy and amazingness to Juan Epstein. 
and some speculate is like the origin of Carhartt Girl. It's not true, but but she is very similar. Yeah. Can we just give the warmest welcome to the amazing and talented Laura Styles, ladies and gentlemen? Yeah. Laura Styles. Boot like up in the chola. Um. All right, you're the best, Laura. I love you. Um, she's amazing, and um. So Jen we... from Brooklyn is here. Oh, by Jen the way. Jen from fucking Brooklyn. Make some noise for Jen from Brooklyn. Catch her every Sunday on Hot 97 and her Amazing Ladies First series on the Hot 97 YouTube channel. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, DJ Drewski, also spawn of the WANAP time period. Then, of course, we have Hip Hop Mike, ladies and gentlemen. Make some noise. Catch him every overnight on Hot 97. Of course, DJ Juanito, a.k.a. DJ John, who now has his own segment on the morning show every day. Which is crazy. All right, Saif, uh, are you ready to do this? Yeah, I'm ready. Um, I'm excited. Let's bring out our first guest. Quite frankly, it sometimes is overstated when you say that the guest you have is one of the reasons that hip-hop culture even exists and is what it is. But I love these moments because we have an opportunity to say it to their face when they're with us. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's, let's put it into this welcome. A man who's a reason that DJing is what it is and hip-hop is what it is. Make some noise for Grandmaster Flash. Yeah. You see, 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 you see. Check, check, for check. the trouble, two for the time. Check, Come check, on, check. girls, let's rock that. Five, five, ladies on the everybody's side. DJ spinning, I said, my, my, flash is back. Easy Mike. Ladies and gentlemen, make some noise for Easy Mike, by the way. Right hand. Let me Been there for the whole thing. That mic. Let me and, and, and take a mic, Easy Mike, because I know you can working. help tell these stories as well. I don't think that Let, mic's working. Oh, here you go. Take this one, then. Take this wireless. Yo, Flash, thank you, man. Thank you for thank being you, here. Thank you. Thank you. And um, before we get started, I just wanted to... You know, sometimes, uh, actually, I think Cypher, you were speaking, sometimes you don't, you don't really big up yourself yeah. on some of the things that you've done. Yeah. So I'm quite the same way. You yeah. know, I came up as a geek, and um, Easy Mike was there 43 years ago when I came up with this thing that's world-renowned, and he does all the bragging for him. Put your hands together for Easy right. Mike. Yeah, yeah Easy Mike. Easy Mike, thank you. So Mike, we're gonna thank need you, you, thank you. We're gonna need you tonight to help guide this story, all right? I got you. Well, that's kind no of problem. the origin of MC. Cause the DJ didn't talk for himself. The DJ was busy playing records, so the MC master of ceremony would big up the DJ. And Flash still doing that in real life, literally <laughs> at this moment. <laughs> so can it. I break can I break that down though? Please. Uh, please, that's what we do. Okay. So between the years of 1971. <laughs> Silence, everyone. Between the years of 1971 and 1973. Yeah. I was listening to music. I grew up in a family where I was quite fortunate to listen to pop, rock, jazz, blues, funk, disco, R&B, alternative, Caribbean. And what I found really important is that music had no color. A hot track is a hot track. I listened to the DJs during that time period, and 
Can you, who were some of those DJs? Can you give us some of them? Uh, they were uh, mixing DJs on the radio at that time whose names escaped me. Uh, it was Pete Jones. Uh, quite a few. And some of them I won't name. But you'll know it as I tell you. During this particular time period, when I listened to a song, I always looked to the best part of the song. And the most important part of the song was the drum beat, where the drummer had a solo. But, but what the biggest problem was, Peter, is that part was... 10 seconds, five seconds long. At the age of 17, that really pissed me the fuck off. So I had to come up with a system Uh by taking duplicate copies of the same record. But the challenge was this. While Easy Mike kept knocking on the door at my mom's house saying, let's go outside and have fun and let's go see the girls and the whole shit. I was busy in my room with stereo equipment from the junkyard trying to come up with a system that would allow me to connect the drum solo from pop, rock, jazz, blues, funk, disco, R&B seamlessly. Sort of like cutting and pasting Today, the biggest challenge was if you pick up the tone arm and try to land it on the same area, the chances of getting in that same exact area is almost impossible. So I had to come up with three parts. My mother was a seamstress. So I knew how material felt, silk, polyester, rayon, and the like. (laughs) When you first get a a turntable, you know that nasty rubber, that rubber piece that comes with it? The the, the slip mat it comes with is awful. No, no, it's it's not even slip mat. It's a rubber platter. Platter. Rubber it is, right? So I had mine on all the way till freshman year of college. So what I did was... (laughs) Disaster. So what I did was... I took my albums to the material store after feeling all these materials and I asked the guy to cut out two pieces of felt. Okay. The problem with felt is when you hold it in your hand, it's limp. So when I brought it back home to my mom's crib, I looked up in the cabinet and I said, spray starch. (laughs) So what I did was Start I turned the iron all the way up hot. Iron the limp felt to make it stiff. And I called it a wafer. The reason why I called it a wafer is because, you know, during Easter, when your moms tell you to put your suit on and you go to church and you walk down the line and a guy gives you that little circle, that little wafer thing you got to eat. Mm-hmm. I called it a wafer. This allowed me to put this wafer on the metal platter and put the vinyl on top of the wafer so that I would have fluid back and forth motion. One problem solved. Okay. And, and Flash, let me jump in for one second. 
in terms of inventions of Grandmaster Flash, I love that we start there. Because the simplicity, it's, it's a simple invention that makes perfect sense. But keep going, Flash, because obviously it's nice that the records move smoothly now, but the problem is, how do you get from one record to the other without crashing? We ain't there yet. Oh, so sorry. We ain't there yet. Why are you speeding the number three? Yeah, Easy Mike is knocking on the door. When the fuck are you going to come outside and play, man? The women say, I'm like, I'll be right back. Three, three yeah. years went by. I, mind I, you, I, mind I, you, that's my best friend, yeah. so he leaves me lonely. So right. You're just trying to distract him, let's be honest. Pretty much. The stylist comes in two classifications. It's elliptical and conical. The elliptical stylist is built like a backwards J, so that when it sits in the groove, the stereo imaging sounds wonderful. But the problem with an elliptical needle is when I pulled it back... It kept slipping out of the groove. So I then chose the conical. The conical is shaped more like a nail. So when it sits inside the groove, although it sounds fucked up coming out of the speakers, when I brought the record in a counterclockwise motion, it stayed in the groove. Problem two solved. Okay, problem two. Third problem is, how can I possibly hear the record in my headphone before you. So this I is what I was up, talking about. That wasn't there already? No, we ain't there yet. We, we did. We're going to so make it flat, there right so, now. So the mixer at this yeah. point just has different vertical channels and that's it? Or no. different le- uh, Wait a minute. I got to be able to hear before we're they can hear. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. So let's get there. Let's get there. Okay. Right. Oh, my God. So now I came up with this thing called the peekaboo system. It was built <laughs> with a single pole double throw switch. Single pole double throw. Single pull, Single pull double throw switch is this. It's when it's in center position, it's off. When I click the switch to the left, I can hear the left turntable. You can't. When I clicked it two times to the right, I heard the, the right turntable. You can't. So now I was able to take the very short drum beat from duplicate copies of the record that was 10 seconds and make it 10 Minutes without you knowing it. Wait, but can I ask you something? The the single what is it? Single pole. Single pole double throw switch. It's like the switch that's on a cue now. Yeah, but how did you you connected it to your mixer? Let me tell you how I did it. The two Uh, we're not there yet. No, okay. We're we're there now. Okay, now we're there. We're there there now. We're there now. You ready? Are we there yet? Okay. The jack that's sitting behind the turntable. What I did is I cut the head off the jacks, right? Yeah. And I split the output between the positive and negative side of the switch on the right side of the right turntable. Got it. Went over here, cut the head off, split the wires between the single pole double tone switch on the left side. How did you know to do that? Were you an electrical engineer? Are you a mad scientist? Mad scientist. Okay. Mad scientist. Did you ever do anything like that before that led you to this day where you knew how to split wires? Oh, you want me to go back? I'm just wondering if like, you already fooled let me around. Tell you, let me tell you how I fell in love with electronic items. When I was a tot, <laughs> it always wanted to me how the fuck when my mom and dad plugged something into that socket, things would light up. Okay, very curious. So what I was doing 
was unscrewing the back off the hairdryer, the stereo, right. the TV. I was getting my ass kicked. When the hairdryer wasn't working, my right. sisters wanted to kill me. I became public enemy number one well, in see, the house. I was very curious also. I did the same thing. I unscrewed the back of electronics. Right. I looked in there and said, I don't know what the fuck this shit does. Right. right. <laughs> All right, I'm going to close it up now. So, now we're almost there. Can we get there now? Yes, we're here. So, when I became a teenager, I started to understand what AC was, alternating current. Right. DC, alternating current. Because my, my, my mom said, listen, you can't keep doing this in the house. I'm going to send you to school. So, I went to Samuel Goffers Vocational Technical oh, High School. the Bronx. Right. Yeah. And that's why I learned what a signal generator was. Got it. What was a transfer, a transport, but what was AC, what was DC. So what I'm trying to say to you, when we talk about the house of hip-hop, DJ first, graffiti artist, breakdancer, three years go by, then the MC. Oh, three years. Because you have to understand the music bed didn't exist yet. Mm. In order for a rapper, MC, to speak without no obstruction of music, someone has to be generating a music bed. Mm. At this particular time, there were no recording studios, no computers, no nothing, no technology. Yeah. So let's take Walk This Way. Right. Then it goes into the whack part after that. That would be a good somebody, place. Somebody <laughs> has to... Whack part. Oh, wait. Let it play. We didn't let it go. We didn't want to oh, hear that part. that part. We don't want that part. Turn that shit off, Juanita. So I'm saying... Today, with this particular system that I worked on for about three years has now become the way. And all you people in here, I want you guys to understand, this is a four-element culture okay. called hip-hop. It's not one, it's not two, it's not three, it's not four. I mean, it's four, but it's not just one. My bad. All right. And I want you to remember that. It's been 47 years... It's still here, and it's a reason why it is the biggest music on planet Earth. It's because it's the only music that communicates musically and lyrically to people. So when I see people doing this and extending the beat percussively, or scratching, or crabbing, or transforming, mm -hmm. brings me... Back to my youth. You invented that. So, thank you. What have you ever done, to, si? Thank you. We need to tell the youth, because when it comes to all the other genres of music, there's always a blur of what, where, why, and who, yeah. and where did it come from. Hip-hop will always be a New York-based culture. Yeah. Always. Thank you. What you want to ask? Yo, thank you. That was a, such a perfect way. Sife, what have you ever invented? Sorry? What have you ever invented? Mm. Move your body. Move your body in the sky, ladies and gentlemen. I didn't invent the air horn. 
Damn. I didn't invent move your body. <laughs> I didn't invent the air horn. Cypher Saturdays? Cypher Saturday. That was first, first mix show on a Saturday afternoon. Whoa. Okay. Thank you for remembering. There, yeah. No, that's true. Yeah. Um, I got something. Now, Flash, do you feel... We talked about... We were talking about taking credit and things of that nature. Um, and one thing that we always talk about on the podcast is like artists who have gotten their dues. We interview some who have. We interview some who haven't. You meet some who are really happy with how things have turned out. You meet some who are bitter. You still tour the world. You still make money. You still get endorsements. You've done very well off hip-hop. Um, do you feel generally looking back at these 47 years that Grandmaster Flash has gotten what he deserves for his contributions? I wouldn't change a thing because when you create something that is loved by so many people, through life you will have peaks and valleys because everybody's going to put their own spin, their own idea on this thing that they love. So life has been good to me. It was sometimes when things got really horrible, but that's the way life works because nothing's perfect. But I'm sitting here now and I'm actually blessed to be able to see this. It's, it's wonderful. Uh, yeah, and there are many who haven't gotten to see it. Um, the record that always mesmerized me the most by you was the record that you were introduced to tonight. Juanito, if you could cue up Adventures of Grandmaster Flash on the Wheels of Steel, I would love for you to just take us through this record. I mean, it's, a, it's an amazing it's concept. It's like a mixtape on one song. You see, you see, you see, you see, you see. One for the trouble, two for the time. Come on, girls, let's rock that. Five, five, ready, tell me everybody's side. DJ spinning, I said, my, my. Flash is back, flash is back, flash is fast. Flash is cool, Francois, c'est pas, flash in our two. You say one for the trouble, two for the time. Come on, girls, let's rock that. So what you want to know? <laughs> First of all, the actual recording of it. Yes. Do you just straight up do that? Is it a what, what was the recording process? Two takes, three turntables. Uh, two takes, three turntables. And did you mix the two takes or you ended up taking like the second take? I ended up taking the second take because the so first take was all the okay, way but it wasn't sharp all the way down. The first one had a little fuck up in yeah, it. Yeah, so. you know, a little so you did it, and you're like, ah, I can do that better. Yes. And then the second one is the one we all know. Actually, yes. Shit. And, and at that point, what mixer are you using? The Gemini DACX 2000. If you can find that mixer right now, it's worth about 100 grand. Wow, seriously. The Gemini DACX 2000. If you could find it, it's worth about a hundred. Is that the grand. most? Is that the most valuable mixer? That's the most valuable. That was the mixer that introduced all of this. Like Gemini, the guy that built that mixer built it in such a way that it made the hip hop DJ very comfortable. Everything else was more built for the disco DJ, but for a hip hop DJ, where the queuing system sat, where the fader sat, it was the mixer. Did he make? Of all time. Did you ever speak to him? Did he make it for hip hop, or just a coincidence? I think it was just a coincidence. So it just happened. I fell in love with the mix. I bought it and fell in love with it. And the way hip hop was structured, the way you played hip hop, that mixer fit. The, the way, way you played records, right? And then it was this little known to, uh, company that nobody knew of that had this ugly gray uh, battle ship looking turntable called the SL23 which is the grandfather to the techniques 
1200 belt drive. So these two, these. Those ended up being the beginning, the yes. first. And yeah. it's interesting to me because by the time we started DJing, like Gemini still made mixers, but they were never considered the marquee mixer anymore. Right. Oh. Like they didn't mask, they didn't hold on to the brand actually. They, they and like right. later on, people would get Gemini's, they would always wear out. The faders will wear out, and, and, and then Vestax and Pioneer and all these other mixers eclipsed it. How did you clear those records? Did you, did you have to go through the process of talking to all these artists to clear all the records on that? Well, I think the record company did most of that. But if you remember, during that period of time, sampling or playing someone else's property was like wild, wild west. So, like, the publisher's world and the record world hadn't gotten a grips on what these kids was doing with yeah. our stuff. So there were no sampling laws. And after a while, all the publishers, they got smart and they made examples out of a few people that tried yeah. to do that shit on major records. And here we are now. You can't sample anything without clearing it and sometimes paying goo gobs of money up front. Yeah, or the, if, I mean, if you did that, you would have had zero publishing. That would have, oh. Obviously, the whole record yes. would have been gone. Yes. Even just for one of them, the whole record would have right. been gone. Right. Did you... Um, do you remember the transition? I think a time in hip-hop that's not talked about that much is like 85, 86, 87, when it goes from the first generation of rap that you started to Run DMC into Juice Crew and what eventually became sort of the modern-day hip-hop. Like I always think there's a delineation between the way the music sounded in the early 80s and the late right. 80s. So you're saying the sound or just the business in general? You're well, saying? Sound. I'm talking sound, though. Okay. And I wonder, did you guys always readily accept the change when it started sort of becoming... There's an obvious change of like 85, 86, Kane, right. KRS, right. G-Rap. Barley sampling. Rock him. Yeah, right. like... The, the, from that point back, it definitely sounds different from that point forward. Well, you got to understand modern technology was like now paying attention because at one particular point in time, the journalists and the manufacturers of electronic equipment were saying that shit is a fad. Right. That shit ain't going to happen. We're not going to invest in that. That thing's going to come and go. Yeah. But it exploded. So everybody jumped on their bandwagon. The electronics companies, the clothing companies, the beverage com- companies, so in the all 80s, the companies, now they were paying attention. Right. To this culture that was slowly exploding around the planet. So the recording studios was now treating this sound yeah. like they would treat a rock sound or a jazz sound or a blues sound. They, you went into uh, quality recording studios and you used quality equipment Got to it. make these records. Now these records sonically sound like any pop, rock, jazz, blues, funk, disco, R&B record. But early on, all the manufacturers was like, this ain't going to be here. Right, so why, why we, why, why we going to fuck with this? You know what I mean? But when they were wrong is when, you know, all the manufacturers jump on it. They jumped on it from there. So the technology helped it change and grow in that, right. in that 86 era, 85, 86. Right, but you got to also, you got to... Also, think about the producers, because they, although the equipment got better, sampling was still the key thing. Mm-hmm. So now, if you sampled a snare, or a kick drum, or a bass sound, you had quality equipment to EQ it and make it sound right. better. So now these records coming out of the gate was huge. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the thing, like, did you... Did you ever think, though, that after 47 years in 2017, 
we just had the biggest year ever for hip-hop. Like, it just happened this past year. It did? Yeah, this was the most hip-hop dominated the charts more in the last year than in the any charts. year prior. Yeah, sales, chart. It's now the number one genre in music. Yeah. And, it's, and it's evidence at, at the Grammys this year, when you look at the major categories, best new artist, album, hip-hop basically. Hip-hop or hip-hop adjacent music right. basically dominates the Grammy nominations this year. So it ended up ultimately being a pretty slow burn. Did you think that, honestly, even though you knew, I, knew, I know you didn't believe the doubters, but did you believe that nearly 50 years later you'd be talking about it being the biggest music in the world and the stars in hip-hop would just be A-list international superstars? My personal love, yes. But thinking about it from a business point of view, mm, country was really big. Rock was really big. We're talking major, major numbers. Yeah. So you could sit back and you could just say, we do well, but they do really well. To eclipse all the other genres of music. It's gigantic. It's huge. It's huge. This is a very important question. Every time new technology comes out in hip-hop, people hate on it. They hate it on CDJs. They hate it on Serato. Cypher and myself, have. We're, I, I'm a record collector. I'm a vinyl nerd, but mm. I always support new technology. Yes. And you are the person I reference because when people try to get on that shit about like, oh, no, nah, it's supposed to be blank, I, my theory always is, no, no, no. It was always about pushing technology forward yes. and doing the best shit yes. you could do. Yes. So once and for all, do you have any problem with the evolution of turntables into digital turntables? Do you have, what's your feelings on where it is now? My, my view is it's wonderful. I think what probably pissed me off the most is if there's any producers in the house, they'll understand what I'm saying. When we were recording in the studios, in order to record track by track, it was like these big recording machines the size of a washing machine with two reels on it, and you would record 24 tracks. The 24th track was called the Simpty Time Code. The Simpty Time Code is right. Is well, what would lock up two recording machines. Simple process. When I got introduced... To Serato, Simpty time code locked up to a MP3. I didn't think of that. Oh, shit. So when you have the vinyl, the special <laughs> vinyl, and you go like that, and on the screen, the MP3 goes like that, I'm saying, Simpty time code locked up to an mp3 i must have seen that shit 200 times being in the studios because i had to lock up two tape machines with simpty time code because if you play that special vinyl on a normal turntable all it's go oh, that's all it is but that's the language that tells the electronic piece of equipment do this, do that, do this, do that. I've seen that shit 200 times. Oh, you mad you didn't invent Serato. 
I tell you what I did with that. The queuing system. How you mark the records. Well, I did it circularly. Mm. Now they do it horizontally. It's called cue points. Yeah. Um, so it's all good, though, being a scientist. So, you've, so that, that was an amazing moment to hear you describing Serato for the first time. Because it must be – it was mind-blowing to all of us. The idea of not carrying crates when it, I, is, is an incredible thought. Oh, this, that is the best part of it all. That's definitely the best. Because a lot of times – like when I was touring, there was times when I had to bring like five or ten guys and bring 13, 14 crates yeah. overseas. That shit was a fucking expensive night. Mayor, here's your problem. And the promoter had to love you. Yeah, he had to love you. And the problem is, a lot of y'all fuckers would carry the crates in the party, but then you would disappear before the fucking end of the night <laughs> and not carry the crates out of the party. Right. True. Pieces of shit. So, 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 you know, the carrying of it. So now, I was against it, but as a scientist, and I really analyzed it. Oh shit, I can put a hundred thousand records into a hard drive the size of two packs of cigarettes. Oh shit. Let's go. Science. I tore more than ever now because I got them joints. I got them joints. How organized is your Serato? Oh good. It's half, it's half disgusting. And the reason why is because <laughs> Good the word, the songs, let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Because the ones, the songs that really, 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 really work, they're where they need to be. Right. But the shit that cleared the dance floor, them shits. They're still yeah, in there. They don't oh, make the fucking, they don't make the list. They don't yeah. make the playlist. But they're in there, though. They're in there, they're though. They're in the crate. So, so if I find that special person that says, listen, I want to hear Enigatica Vita yeah. by the incredible Bongo Band, and it ain't on the top of the list. But I'm a, I can go in and go search, boom, yeah, and bring it up. You know right. what I mean? So For them it's a wonderful case. thing. It's just so rare, I think, in a culture that the people who invented it are around to still be active when it's gotten to probably – I mean, we can't say it's as modern as it's ever going to get. I don't know much more where you could go from here. But it's so cool that you're able to practice in it the, the same it culture is. you invented. Yeah, but here it is. Although you have that special vinyl, it's come full circle, right? Because you still have to put your fingertips yeah. on the source. Only difference now is the vinyl or the source material plays two roles. The sound, and it is now the controller. Yeah. And and you can and you can basically it would be like an episode of the Jetsons. You can say, hey, hey, kids, see this record? What if this record could play every song ever? I was watching Big the other day, and you remember in Big, they're in the meeting, and at the end of the meeting, she's like, uh, the idea Tom Hanks's character has, he's like, it's a mag- it's a comic book, but you can replace the stories forever with a computer chip, and it sounds like, yeah, right, that was yeah, ridiculous right. in 1988. That's basically what Serato is. It's a blank canvas for every song ever. But it was just the, the science side of me was like, oh, shit. You could bring hundreds of thousands of songs and do almost anything and more as opposed to vinyl. So when it first came, I was the last man standing. Fuck that shit. I'm not doing it. 
blah, 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 blah. And then when I got pulled into uh, the serato makers from Australia and the tractor makers from Native Instrument, and I started seeing behind, behind the scenes, I'm like, this is really incredible. And I think for, as far as a scientist is concerned, I love it. I love it. Let's push it some more. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we, we got to get to our next guest tonight. I just wanted to get to have this moment uh, with Flash where we all got to hear this story. Gotta, Saif, do you have anything we I you have to thank ask? You. I got to thank you for something very important in my life. Um, my mom, when I was young, I, when I was in high school, I moved to Long Island. That's where I started to DJ because I was missing the Bronx. And I got closer to my roots by playing music in Long Island so I could feel like I was back sure, home. Sure. And uh, I started DJing and I was going on the road. I was DJing for Little Kim and my mom kept thinking I was a fucking loser. Mm. And she was right, but... Um, but not about that. She was like, a, a, what are you doing with your life? I had a full scholarship to NYU. I didn't take it like a fucking dummy. And, um, and she never understood what I did. And I was trying to explain it mm. And what made my mom understand what I did was I was DJing for Little Kim and we were on the Chris Rock show mm. on HBO and you were the DJ for that show and I was like, oh shit, I'm doing the same thing on the show with Grandmaster Flash. And you can look it up. I had on a full yellow leather suit. Um, <laughs> full. <laughs> Remember the 5,001 flavors? Oh, my. Yeah. I've never seen this. I saw, Kim made us all wear it. It had a full leather suit. Yellow. But my mom saw that on TV and was like, oh, yeah. that's what he does. And from that moment on, she supported my illustrious DJ career. You know what I'm saying? So that's partially because of you. So thank you so much, thank you. Grandmaster Flash. Hey, New York City, make some noise for the legend, the icon, icon yeah. Grandmaster hey, Flash. You, Appreciate that, man. Thank you so much. Woo! Okay. There's some real nerd shit happening here. How many girls are Easy regretting mind. this decision? Oh, yes. Question. Where are you from? Oh, wait. Billy June, right bring here. your microphone. We got our next guest ready, Jay? Yeah, he's here. He's, okay. he's ready to go. It's not on. Oh. Your mic's on. There you go, Billy June. Yes, young lady. So, uh, What's your name? Sophia. What is it? Sophia. Sophia. Oh, Sophia. Yes, Sophia. Yeah. So um, my question is, um, hearing Grandmaster Flash talk about Serato and like how he appreciates it, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Don't be scared to talk into the mic. Oh, it sounds like it's echoing. Okay. Um, <laughs> So my question is, I feel like in a way Serato has taken away a lot from DJs because he's saying he has the knowledge, he has the history. So for him getting all these songs, he already has so much to it. Whereas now you can say, give me, you know, 200 songs and they're all at the same BPM and I'm going to go out and play a set. Yeah. And now I call myself a DJ. And yes, Serato enhances it in some ways, but I feel yeah. like in so many ways, it's actually, you, d you don't have to go and dig. You don't have to know anything about no. it. You have to. So I feel like it's sort of destroyed it in a little bit. Of eh, way. It changed it. It changed. Okay, it didn't destroy it. It changed it. A lot. It's a lot easier to become a DJ now or a quote unquote DJ. 
uh, you don't have to. Before back in the day, you really, if you wanted to be a DJ, you had to dedicate tons of hours. You had to dedicate a lot of money because you always had to buy new equipment and new records. And now in the digital age, it's a lot easier. But a lot of these regular old Serato DJs uh, suck balls. You know what I'm saying? Thank you. They're not good DJ. Like you they have pre- all the you songs. You can pretend to be a good DJ. They, sorry. You can pretend to be a good DJ. Yeah, there's a lot of people. They're not DJs anymore. They're record. They're button pushers. They can have all the songs. They can have. Uh, but there's a button on Serato you can press and the songs sync up and blend exactly. with each other. It's cheating. So. Well, listen. You want to say, oh, well, you know, the cream always rises to the top, and ultimately, if you're not real with it, you won't make it. But that's not totally true, and there are definitely people who suck ass and are making tons of money. Yeah. Um. Well, that's just what... sort of that's the nature of the beast that is technology. It allows. Yeah. It's the same way right now when people are like, oh, all these new rappers suck because all they got to do is start a SoundCloud page. Yeah. It's true. There's way more bullshit than ever. But there's also way more young, talented kids involved who never would have been able to get in it before right. than ever. You just have to dig a little bit harder to find it. So instead of digging for records, you now actually have to like dig to find talent. Yeah. Um, but I think overall, yeah. you probably benefit from the technology more than you're hurt by it. And certainly from the perspective of carrying records, that shit was just the fucking worst. I know. I used to carry my records to you yeah, all the time. Uh, not so much anymore, but uh, I used to DJ. You I used to be on the decks, yeah? I had to carry, like, I had to carry bags to university. Like, Could you do me bag. a favor with your British accent? Can you just yell out, I think there's been a rape up there. I think there's been a rape up there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll be editing that part out of the podcast. Yeah, to make an intro. That was amazing. Uh, you know, when we were we were wrapping up with uh, Flash, and I had a fucking... <laughs> thank you, Sophia. Thank you. Thank you. That was a great question. I had a fucking story that was perfect to tell everyone here, and I totally forgot what it was. You went blank. Went blank. But I did have a moment when Flash was talking about looking at the Serato and how he was like, oh, and I just kept thinking about Doc Brown being like, 1.21 gigawatts! <laughs> Like he's such no. a, he's such an inventor. Like it's like interviewing an inventor as much as it is an artist, which is so interesting. Uh. Uh, also, I do want to take a second. You guys have listened to the podcast. Y'all are all real heads. You know well enough uh, how much my brother is like a huge influence uh, on me. And so let's just make some noise for my brother who had a rough week the last week. If you follow my social media, he went home from the hospital today. Yeah, and uh, I'm trying to think of all the random rap shit we talked about while he was totally concussed and laying in the hospital and literally the, still the random the only thing we would still talk about I was playing him beats um, as some of you may have seen on my social media I'm attempting to make an album this year in 2018 which I'm very excited about finally don't cheer you haven't heard it yet it could be shit miss <laughs> uh, but yeah he had a head injury so like audio is not a great thing right now but I was like bro Harry Fraud just sent me this. I gotta just play it next to your ear for one second. And when you hear the one that I played, I mean, you in particular? Yeah. Fire? Fire. For you're, you're gonna love it. Like, straight ahead, oh, I know what we're doing with this fire. Anyway, speaking of I know what we're doing, can we, you, wanna, you wanna introduce the, our next guest? Uh, Who, you yeah. talk about direct reasons where we have the life that we have? Yeah. 
Flash is like the overall culture. Yeah. The guy we're about to bring out is the very direct reason yeah. that we had our lives.